Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of over 240,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of production and broadcasting costs for The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. Thank you, Eris. Today we're joined by uh, the inspiring Branka Knezovic, architect and founder of Plana, a Los Angeles-based architecture and design studio rooted in design, ecological, and social sustainability, as well as effective project management. Their mission is to create environments that are timeless, inspirational, and bring forth positive outcomes. For more information, their website is planaarchitects.com. Again, that's planaarchitects.com. Hello, Bronca. I'm uh, always honored and excited to have you on uh, our shows. Thank you for being on The Modern Architect today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Now, we were talking before uh, we got uh, on on air on podcast about something that may have happened that's humorous to you recently that uh, you can share with us and <laughs> sure sure absolutely let's start off on a light note so you asked me if i still sketch and absolutely i do um i think as architects we drawing is almost a way of thinking or it is a way of thinking and so I use um, I use uh, an iPad a lot, and I, I use an Adobe application called Sketch. And I have this Apple Pencil, and I'm constantly misplacing it. And just this morning, you know, I was looking for it. I couldn't find it on my desk. I, I looked, like, wherever I could have possibly been. And then I, I realized it's in my hair. <laughs> I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I realized it, it, it was in my hair. I put I put my hair in a in a bun at some point and I I stuck the pencil in there and there it was. So yeah, I had to give myself a laugh at myself also. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> great story. Great great story. And you know, going back to the pen. Do you feel that there is a difference when you have something tactile, like in your hand sketching, versus just with a mouse or on the uh, on the computer? Absolutely, I think that you know this iPad feature has you know I sometimes take it like even you know before I go to sleep I I sketch on it, but I also want to say that there's something about paper and like the the graphite hitting that surface that mm-hmm. is just so delectable or a pen, you know, leaving a trace of ink and the paper actually absorbing that ink. I love sketching. Uh, Even my daughter, you know, we sketch a lot. And, you know, drawing is uh, is a language for us architects. Technical drawings, sketches, um, this is how we communicate our ideas to the world and to our uh, collaborators and clients and contractors. So, 
it's so important for for architects, uh, especially young architects, to get into the habit of uh, not just sketching, but thinking in terms of drawing and then using that language to communicate their ideas. I like you said drawing is a language. Absolutely. I say this to my team all the time, and I feel very strong about it. You know, as architects, we don't just draw lines. The lines on the paper mean nothing in themselves, but their relationships, the the words we use to describe certain components, uh, just the graphic arrangement, the line weights, uh, it's all communicating something to us. I also encourage uh, young people and people on my team to look, to look. Looking is um, such an important skill. I think we see things, but when you really look into something, I think it has a, is a, it has a weight and a depth to it. Uh, we can apply it to drawings and the things that we produce as a firm. I always stress in my own team that everything that comes out of our office needs to look good. It needs to communicate something properly. It has to have a certain level of quality. Nothing should be pixelated, especially our logo, you know. Um, But I also want to encourage people in general just to look around, look at, like, nature, look at the spaces that we occupy, uh, look at art. Also, artists um, have this keen, you know, almost like a... like a vision that kind of goes beyond our, maybe even our own vision because they they look at the environment. Like if you try to paint something, you will get out of that experience, you know, feeling like your world has widened and deepened a little bit. So I would encourage even everyone to, to practice this on a regular basis. <laughs> now the culture of, of Plana, it ties in, I, I'm, I'm gathering from a lot what you're saying is to look deeper, look, going beyond our own vision. How much does that have to play with the culture at Plana? Well, when I found Plana, uh, you know, I was working for other architects uh, and worked on great projects uh, with them. But I felt like, you know, I really wanted to have my own voice. And I think I had uh, something to say in our field. And so I think that culture permeates in our firm. So most of our projects now, we're definitely growing. And I think that there's, um, I think usually something about them that bring a deeper, a deeper meaning or value to the end user or the community. And I think that's how, how we put that into practice, actually. Being a founder, was there a moment or several moments where you decided, I'm going to start my own firm? Yeah, there definitely was that moment, and uh, uh, it was a really big moment for me, both professionally and uh, personally. At the time, I started my company, I quit my job, I quit my marriage, so I turned a really uh, big page in my life. And if you know, if I could, usually when I say it, I, I actually show it by opening a, a very large book. And indeed, it really was like opening a really large book. I feel like my life, both professionally and personally, opened up in a big way. I think that uh, as a, as a founder and you know a design visionary of my own firm, I 
have the opportunity to express myself on a higher level. I think I've connected to people and clients also on a deeper mm-hmm. level. I appreciate their trust and I'm very grateful for having the opportunities that I've had as an architect and a business owner. Uh, it takes a great deal of trust to, you know, give a young architect a big project or a big commission. And we've certainly been, you know, blessed with a lot of these clients. So um, I have to say I'm very grateful. And then personally, I think also there's a great sense of fulfillment in uh, not just completing a project, but uh, also uh, coordinating a team and, uh, you know, building something uh, of your own. So I'm very happy and, uh, you know, really blessed. I got to use that word even to to be in that position. Now, if you go back to that word blessed even, when you decided to do that, was it rather seamless to go from quitting your job, changing your personal life and doing it on your own? Was there a sense of liberation or was there a sense of fear? Or what was there really? I think it was a sense of it all. Okay. I, I think in, in running your own firm, there's a huge risk. There's a, a, a huge financial burden. There's a huge mental burden that, you know, uh, a lot of times uh, people, when they talk about entrepreneurship, they don't talk about the mental burden that it takes. It, it's, uh, I think, in in our popular culture, it's, uh, you know, portrayed, I think, rather lightly. You know, you just, just kind of go after your dream. But there's, I think, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, like, deal with anxiety or all kinds of issues, uh, the responsibility to their team, the daily interactions with you know, all kinds of uh, uh, people that can be exhilarating, but that can be also be very stressful. So there's a, there's a great sense of responsibility to clients, to employees uh, and their lives and families and livelihoods and all of that. So I think it's, it's almost like a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. but one that I, I absolutely love. I actually, I'm an individual that I think functions well under pressure and is comfortable with risk. So for me, it's, uh, I think, definitely helped me develop even my craft to a greater, to a greater level than when I was working within the context of a larger firm, for example, where there's a safety net of, mm. you know, not just like a monthly salary, but also, you know, like uh, company standards and, you know, things like that, that, that you always can rely on. But when you have your own firm, you, you, you're responsible for your own standard. And with that, there's, there's a lot of work, but there, I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to improve, too. Excellent. This is The Modern Architect at KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Branka Knezovic, architect and founder of Plana, a Los Angeles-based architecture and design studio. For more information, their website is planaarchitects.com. Again, planaarchitects.com. Branka, how about... Um, faith, your faith, your belief system, your spiritual, do you think there's a, a spiritual component to not just your obviously personal life and professional, but even in architecture, design, and uh, just the built environment in general? It's not just the visual and the sight and the tactile. Well, you, we are probably going to get metaphysical very quickly here. That's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think there there is a spiritual component. I think that, you know, all the forms that we see three-dimensionally are things that we can perceive with our senses. I think even if you get into like physics, you know, 
we are, we only have these limited sort of bodies that help us perceive the world around us. But I think there's so much more to that. I think all of us are endowed with a, with a greatness that we can express through all kinds of activities or professionally. Also, uh, mine happens to be architecture. Architecture, I think, has a great way to not just encapsulate like a great idea or concept, but to really affect a lot of people and connect people with that and with each other. And so I think it's, um, I think it's an interesting question for, for someone kind of working in that space as an architect, you know, obviously personally, I, I think I am a spiritual person, but I think it's in our professions. It's uh, I, I think it's uh, it's a given that of course you know it uh, it is there to translate something something greater that we maybe can't perceive you know with our ordinary senses. So yes, that uh, I just discovered uh, and it's been around for a while. But the seven wonders of the world, what they call the seven wonders, are all architectural. And I thought that was really interesting that it's all has to do with a space, a building, a dwelling, that the wonders are actual physical space. And if you go to places of worship, they're magnificent. A lot of them are magnificent. Obviously, some are simple, but mm-hmm. there's all a sense of reverence for the space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that, do you think, affect people in the design world as well? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. So... Space, I think, is not is not just the the physical objects or the the brick or it's not. There's something there. Something is something else is there. And whether like whether it be in a space like a church or a world wonder or your mm. own house, you know, there's something there like other that. than the materials or or the things that make it, uh, obviously, technically, that make it, or that build it, that that can inspire, that can move someone, that can change a life, that can change a generation, that can change the world, our humanity. And uh, so, you know, architects, we, we, we think about that a lot. Uh, and I think even in school, they, they teach us a pretty good job at knowing that that architecture can have this impact on society or or an individual. So I think whatever it is, even if it's like some uh, very, uh, you know, maybe minuscule or mundane task, and as architects, there's a lot of things that we do that, you know, are not like always or glamorous or visionary. Uh, you know, we answer RFIs, but with all of that, it all compounds to this wonder that you're referencing um, that we experience when entering a space or relevant piece of architecture or a church. So I'm glad you, you picked up on that. I think that's a great, great concept and thought. Thank you. Another one is um, the architect, our lives, our, our internal lives, because a lot of this starts within mm-hmm. my belief is strong, firm belief is it starts within and then moves outward, not outward external and then to the inward. What's your experience with that to have that sense of vulnerability, that sense of wonder, awe, and curiosity? And how important is that to you as an architect? Well, uh, I do like the the metaphor of, of the architect, you know, building other things, buildings, but also building an inner world also. We're constantly changing, we're constantly learning things through our, our lives and experiences. And 
I think, you know, in professional development, it's, it's so important. You know, we start off with, um, you know, an inkling, something that inspires us. We, we may study it further. And I think it's such a wonderful human capacity to learn and grow. We're constantly growing, you know, like a tree, you know, or a blade of grass toward the sun. Uh, I like that, that you've connected that to, to architecture, you know, in, in building the world around us, let's, let's build ourselves also and the people around us too. Let's prop them, let's develop them, let's, let's do all that. And a segue for that is that the, you mentioned the, the blade of grass towards the sun. How important is light in architecture? Oh, wonderful question. Uh, I love lighting. So technically, yes, but also I think there's a, a metaphor in there too. So light back, basically is something that uh, illuminates the space. It's not necessarily about the object, but the, the, the space, the, the positive and the negative space. And I, and I think it's great that you picked up on that. Uh, lighting also can, uh, you know, create atmosphere. So uh, in uh, in a lot of uh, environments, um we uh, we like to use light uh, as a um, as a tool, and in our firm in particular, we we like to design the lighting because we we understand how important it is, and we've actually developed this skill to to a very high level. So in all of our projects, we design the lighting, and it it works. It's kind of linked to our architecture. It's like one and the same. We do have collaborators that help us with like which lights or, you know, you know, the technical aspect of it. But it's such an important part of it. Not only that it creates mood, it also helps um, people feel good in, in these spaces. And I think it's a big part of, you know, wellness, you know, at the workspace or wherever, to have good quality lighting and access to light. And then with the, you know, the blade of grass and the light, I use that as also a symbol of just growth, of development, of wanting better things in, in life, uh, being better professionally, pushing ourselves to achieve uh, uh, higher uh, ideals, essentially. Yeah. You and I've talked to this a, a few times mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> then I, I've got life principles that uh, I'd be more than happy to share with with your audience today, as well as it, there are three really strong pillars, and one is is God, beauty, and civility. And I'm curious to hear what your thought is, if you're at liberty to share with uh, your audience today. Absolutely. So a few years ago, I did this um, uh, spot for LinkedIn, and the spot was basically part of their campaign that had to do with. Uh, you know, using LinkedIn and what are you in it for? That was the question. I'm in it for this. I'm in it for that. And I was uh, in it to make beautiful things. And beauty is a huge thing in in my world, personally, professionally, even spiritually, I think. And I don't think it's something that just has to do with aesthetics. I think it, it has to do with uh, communicating this um maybe higher ideal of, of living, of harmony, of balance, of justice even. And uh, that then uh, also has to do, obviously, with not just our own environments, but, you know, our homes, our places of work, our communities, our cities. And that's where uh, immediately you can connect uh, beauty with civility. 
to connect it with God or spirituality, I think that was the, the, the motivator or maybe this higher truth that connects it all. But absolutely, I think that sort of tripartite uh, idea, I think, rings, rings uh, really well with, with architects and what we do. Yeah, that higher truth. And uh, I notice a lot of your work, there's this, uh, at least my belief is, is there's a lot of, there's a sense of timelessness and that 50 years, 100 years from now, if you go back to it, it still has, it's still relevant and still has a sense of beauty and place. Is that by design? Absolutely. And thank you. That's such a huge compliment, I have to say. I mean, you know, we're talking about like really, really big ideas here. And I'm so glad and excited. So timeless is something that I personally strive toward. Uh, Again, to me, beauty is not just, you know, something that you, you know, slap onto a surface and it's an object Mm. and people admire it for a while. And then it's something of yesterday. I think I... And our aesthetically, we, we try to stay away from, from trends and, and fads and what's popular and what's the latest color or what, what, is, what is everyone doing or is it, you know, polished marble or whatever. It's something that I think needs to stand the test of time. And, and I think through that, I think it brings a lot more value to our clients financially, but also to, to everyone who's going to be um, involved or touched by what we do. So... The greater truth, I think, is in this in this timelessness. And you know, these are. I just got got off of a binge. You know, I've uh, been reading Plato's Republic, and you know, have been exploring that. So you know, these these concepts are one of humanity's oldest questions, and they're still relevant today. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, people are still uh, trying to, to solve them, regardless whether they have cell phones or they're wearing togas, you know? So, <laughs> so right. yeah, you know, there true. are certain, like, you know, common threads that, that link us all. Well said. This is the Modern Architect at KCSU Stanford 90.1 FMR. Our acknowledgement today is with the uh, Strength United, and uh, Strength United is uh, an irreplaceable resource for survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, and child maltreatment in their community. For more information, feel free to visit their website at strengthunited.org. Again, that's strengthunited.org. We're talking today with Branka Knezevic, architect and founder of Plana, a Los Angeles-based architecture architecture and design studio for more information their website is planaarchitects.com bronca about the you, you said value too not just value for your clients but value for obviously your firm how important is it to have that value tangible and intangible with your clients in your experience well i think there that uh there has been a lot of word lately of the, the value that design brings. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. a tangible value, uh, but it's a value that uh, over time or operationally is, is, is huge, you know, for, for clients. Like whether it be cost savings, but also like the bigger, uh, wider maybe contributions that, that we can see uh, in design. And this can be anything from like increasing your employees' productivity, 
but also creativity, you know, like a lot of other professions mm. also are affected by this and how we, um, I'm really actually probably most inspired by uh, educational environments and uh, schools. And so this is, uh, this is a way that we as architects through design have an opportunity to affect uh, generations of new learners and whatever their lives uh, end up uh, being. So whether it's a theater or a classroom or an athletic center, a lot of young people, you know, we're, they're being molded. And these environments uh, have a tremendous impact on them and, you know, our, the future uh, generations. How does that feel for you personally and professionally when you you meet with a prospective client or even an existing client and you, you're in a space that you, you helped create? Can you describe that feeling? It's exhilarating. It's it's exhilarating. I think uh, there's this concept of paper architecture. It's architecture that never gets uh, built, but it's uh, beautiful and uh, idealistic and maybe everything that Plato would ever dream of. But I think there's an enormous sense of satisfaction of touching actual human beings that I get personally. I want to tell a, a quick story. You know, when I was involved in a project for an elite private school here in uh, Los Angeles um, uh, through through a different firm, you know, I started the project. Um, I, my involvement on the project started uh, in construction, sort of midway. There was a huge pit in, in, in the ground. This was a theater building. There was a lot of uh, pointing fingers. The, the 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 relationships weren't that great back then. You know, the, the architects was blamed for this. The contractor was blamed for that. The, the client wasn't happy. And in the end, you know, we we worked through all of that, not just technically, but also as a team. And it ended up being a beautiful theater. And I went once the theater was open. I was invited to a. Uh, musical production of the Adams family nonetheless and I just felt it just felt I don't even remember feeling you know maybe when my kid was born or something but <laughs> but like it's such a, a great like how how to see you know all these people enjoy this event was just mind-blowing to me that this is actual this is real this is happening and look at all these people and the joy they get out of this space so i i think for architects there's no better reward than experiencing something like this and i got to experience it that's outstanding bronca any uh last word uh that you'd like to share that we didn't uh, touch on that you, you feel is important for your audience today Sure. Well, I, I want to mention I'm also from Serbia, and today is Serbian Christmas. So I, I want to say Merry oh, Christmas. happy Christmas! Yes. So it's a very special day, and I, I also want to encourage people. We we are you know recording this at a time of uh, COVID and of great, I'd say, political and social unrest, even. And uh, I want to encourage everyone to, regardless of all of that, uh, keep. Uh, uh, your focus on the things that matter to you. I think that just as architects, we can build up our situation and our environment and our circumstances and our society piece by piece and block by block and uh, make it better. So I'd like to encourage everyone to stay positive and keep building their lives. Bronca, thank you very much. You're always honored and a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. 
You've been listening to The Modern Architect. Our guest today has been Branka Knezevic, architect and founder of Plana, a Los Angeles-based architecture and design studio rooted in design, ecological, and social sustainability and effective project management. Their mission is to create environments that are timeless, inspirational, and bring forth positive outcomes. For more information, their website is planaarchitects.com. Again, it's planaarchitects.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of over 240,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of production and broadcasting costs for The Modern Architect.